0: What do I do, and what are my answers to these three questions? These are the questions that people who are not rooted in Christ must answer.
1: And now for three questions.
0: Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because Brother... You need the word. And I want to tell those of you who are here and those of you who are watching electronically. Today's message is not for you. Today's message is not for Christians. It's not for those in the church. And I know you're saying, well, pastor, if it's not for Christians, it's not for what you are doing preaching. Because it, it's for other folk. And even though you may not need what I am going to say today you're going to run into someone sooner or later where you will need to send this message to. This message is not for the Christian. This message is for the intelligentsia. It's for the academician. This message is for those who question and don't believe. And I don't particularly condemn that because I understand it because I was that way myself. When I came out of with a chemistry degree, I was scientifically oriented, data driven, and if you couldn't prove it, it didn't exist. So I understand the mentality, I've been there, and it took God orchestrating things in my life where I had to say, "It's something else out there. This is beyond statistical probability, It's something else out there. So today's message is really designed for those outside of the church. So those in the church, is not for you. Don't judge it. It's not for you. This is for those, and you may need this one day, where you need to send this message to someone who is highly intelligent, highly educated, and highly skeptical. So today's title is simply three questions. Three questions. There are three fundamental questions that... People have about life itself and about the continuity and the whole scheme. There are three questions. Regardless of your religious orientation, there are three questions, particularly those who are not religiously or spiritually oriented. There are three basic questions. Question number one, creator or poot theory. And I know, I said, Pastor, I understand creator, but what in the world is poot theory? I'm assuming that all of you know what a poot is. A poot is the kind of delicate, nice way of putting what you normally would call a fart. Now, I have to put this down where you understand it, but that poot is a gentler kind of term. And it sounds like it's softer whereas the other one is loud and rough. It doesn't matter whether it's loud, rough, or whatever it is. But when I say creator or poot theory, a poot or flatulence from the human body basically consists of a mixture of varying organic gases, nitrogen, oxygen, hydrogen, carbon dioxide, methane, and hydrogen sulfide. That's primarily the chemical composition of your average poop. Now, some exotic poops may be a little bit different, have a little bit more stuff in there. But that's your basic composition. The old people would call it simply passing gas. So when I say creator or poop theory, there are two fundamental pathways to basically how we got here. Number one is that we were, in some form or fashion, Created by an intelligence. And number two is Poot Theory. Poot Theory basically says that the universe and all life began with nothing but hydrogen gas. Hydrogen gas filled the universe. It eventually all coalesced over billions of years. It coalesced. It compacted into this giant ball. The gravity became increasing and the heat increased in it, it finally compacted down to this singularity point and blew up in what's called the Big Bang Theory. So basically, the poop Theory says all life came from nothing but gas. It came from gas, it developed into all of the different elements. As a matter of fact, a Poot is far more advanced than just hydrogen gas. Hydrogen gas is the simplest element on the periodic table. A Poot got a whole lot of stuff in it. It takes about a billion years based on evolutionary theory just to develop the gases for a poot. So a poot is way beyond hydrogen. But basically, the first question you have to ask, creator or poop theory? Now, poot theory being the Big Bang theory that all life began from gas. And that we developed over all of these billions a year. Science says the universe is 13.8 billion years since the Big Bang. But that's what it says. The leading scientific theory is that during roughly the first trillionth of a trillionth of a nanosecond following the Big Bang, there was a single period of extremely rapid expansion known as inflation that formed the universe we observe today. One trillion trillionth of a nanosecond. Is so short that by the time light would travel the thickness of a sheet of paper, the universe could have been created 339 times. I actually calculated that out. What was a trillionth of a trillionth of a nanosecond? How thick is a sheet of paper? Sheet of paper is point zero zero four inches thick. So I can actually calculated out, light would travel. The thickness of a sheet of paper in that time and light is one hundred and eighty six thousand miles a second. So by the light would go around the earth seven times in one second. By the time light goes, the thickness of a sheet of paper based on poof theory, the universe would have been created three hundred and thirty nine times. Now, poof theory is the prevailing scientific theory. It's what most of the academicians will believe. It is evolution. And they primarily believe it because they cannot accept the concept of an intelligent creator, particularly the Judeo-Christian God. So you've got all of the scientific community that believes in poop theory. Let me simplify poop theory. Now, would you say that the human body, that your body is more complicated than your car? Oh, not even nowhere even close. The human body is far more complicated than your car. Pooh theory says this. Pooh theory says that if I took some dirt, if I took some silicone, if I took some rocks with a heavy amount of iron in it, if I took some rubber and just put it all in a pile and left it long enough, it would turn into a car. That's basically what Pooh theory says. So if you just can't take gas and have a man with intelligence walk out of that gas a few billion years later, Yet you cannot wrap your head around if I took some pile of elements that a car gonna drive out of that a few billion years later. You say that's crazy. How can a car drive out of it? Same way a man can walk out of the gas. So if a man can't walk out of a gas, how can you assume a car gonna drive out of the gas? Simple as that. So basically your first question of the three questions, creator or poot theory, do you believe that all of this came from a poot? All of this came from gas. Do you believe? That's what you have to fundamentally believe. Now, I am a scientist. I really am. And I can't wrap my head around because it, it is too mathematically improbable. It's as simple as that. It is too mathematically improbable. I did an entire message just on creation or evolution. A sermon number 5014 called In the Beginning, Creation or Evolution. I went through a lot of the science of basically those two different aspects of viewpoints creator now i use the word creator because i did not want to use the word god not for that particular audience who you may send this to because there is a serious block because people cannot accept a judeo-christian god that they automatically lean to a poop theory because it may be something else i simply say creator and to an intelligentsia, to an academician who doesn't believe in anything that is Judeo-Christian, there are actually other theories. First of all, there's a theory that we were put here by aliens. Absolute possibility. I read a book in college called Chariot of the Gods by Eric Von Daniken. Went through all of the history, all of the historical elements that we had been visited by aliens before. They influenced a whole lot of stuff. Star Trek. If you go and look at the documentaries on Netflix or CuriosityStream, you're going to find dozens of documentaries about UFOs. that They've been here. They're still here. They're still influencing society. So could we have been put here by aliens? I don't know. But it's a possibility. The other possibility is that we're living in the matrix. What? Huh? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The other possibility is that none of this stuff is real. We're in a computer simulation program. somewhere. That is an absolute Possibility. Most of the scientists, when you really talk to especially those who are heavy into computers and A.I., when you look at the advance that science has made just in the last 25 years, the phone that I'm holding right now, if you had this 500 years ago, you'd have been considered a God. My phone right now has more computing power than the military had 25 years ago than the whole military. So when you look at the advances of technology, right now you can put on virtual reality goggles and it feels like you're there. Now they haven't gotten fully because that technology is less than 10 years old. What is it gonna be like in 100 years? In 100 years, they will be able to have direct neural interface and you will not be able to tell whether you're in a virtual reality or the real world. Some of the scientists said, Is probably already happened, and we don't know whether we're in the matrix now. Is that possible? Of course it's possible. But the point is, there are two branches. Pooh theory, which means everything is random, just occurred from gas. And the other branch is there is an intelligent creator behind this. That's the first question that anybody has to answer. Is this thing just random with no intelligence? And I go into the laws of thermodynamics to deal with evolution. It violates the third law of thermodynamics, something serious. You just have to go listen to this sermon. I don't have time enough to get into that right now. But the point is, that's the first question. Creator or poop theory? Which one? Creator or poop theory? There's intelligence behind me, not just walking out of gas or I just walked out of the gas. That's the first question. Creator or poop theory? And there's a second question. Is this life all? Is this life all? Again, you got two sides. The poof theory side says once you die, and you are going to die, the somatic death of the body is going to happen. So once you die, once this body dies, poof theory said that's it. There's nothing but oblivion, eternal darkness, you have no consciousness, it's just gone because there's no spirit. There's nothing but random chance of molecules randomly organizing themselves where you walk out of the poot. So poot theory says when you die, there's nothing. And there's a lot of folk who believe that. And you can't prove it one way or the other. You cannot prove it one way or the other. But there's a lot of folk who believe once they die, there's nothing. And when you don't believe there's anything after death, you live differently. Why do I need to store up treasure in heaven if it ain't no heaven? Why do I care about how I live in this life? I'm going to eat, drink, be merry, enjoy myself and die. Because there is nothing else. That is poop theory thinking. So if you don't believe there's anything else, you live differently. Now On the other side, there are two dominant theories of life after death. One theory is the good place versus the bad place. What Christians know is heaven or hell. That's one theory. That when we die, we go through a process. And different cultures, different religions have different process. But the bottom line is you go through a process, whatever that process may be. The judgment, going across the river, sticks, the scale, however it is. You go through a process. And you go to a good place or you go to a bad place. Different cultures got different names. We call it heaven you study some of this, it's Valhalla, it's the happy hunting ground. Is this a, it's a good place or a bad place? That's one major dominant belief is that once we leave this life, we go to a good place or a bad place. The other dominant theory is that once we leave this life, we come back. And that's the theory of the transmigration of souls, what is commonly called reincarnation. That's probably more dominant if you look at the major beliefs of the world. Even if you look at some of the Judeo Christian, Orthodox Christians, it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. But there are also verses in the Bible that you can arguably argue for reincarnation. That's unclear. It's not clear from a scientific point what happens after death. But you have to make that decision i uh, answer that question. Is there life after death? Is this life? all? and regardless of which one of those you subscribe to. Now, I'm not talking to the church because we know what we believe. I'm talking to everybody else who's not in the church or who's not in any particular regardless of which one of those you subscribe to. If you believe that this stuff is not just random, if you don't believe in poop theory, if you believe there is something after death and you're not just swept into oblivion. Then that's the third question. How do I get to the good place? How do I get to the good place? When you're dealing with everything outside of Christianity, it's based on works. When you're dealing with Christianity, it's based on belief and works. Now, a lot of people say, it ain't just belief. It's belief and works. I did a sermon on that, Sermon 5171, called Workbook. You need to go listen to that because it goes through the scripture of why It's both of those. But when you're dealing with these three questions, and these are three questions that are really, really deep for people who are not in the church that they have to ask themselves and they have to answer. And the thing about it, I haven't given you any answers to those three questions because it's not for the church. See, the church already knows the answer, but I'm not giving you answers to those three. And this is the stuff other folk who don't have particular set beliefs or ideas about, these are the three questions they got to ask. Creator or poop theory. When I die, what happens? And if there is a good and a bad place, what do I do to ensure I end up in the good place? Those are the three questions. I'm not giving you any answers because if you're in the church, you don't know the answer. you ain't in whoo. So I'm not giving you the answer. It's not for you. It's for other folks. That's why I say today's message is not for you. It's for other folks. But those are the three questions they need to really, really ask themselves. And see, when you get to that first question, and that's why the Bible begins with the answer to that first question. That's the first line in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's the first line. So he said that straight from the beginning. I created this stuff. Now, if you don't believe that, that's one thing. And most of the world does not believe the Bible. So that's not unusual. That's a common thing. But these are the three questions. And then you got the folk who do believe the Bible. When you study history and even of the church, you got changes in belief. We go through periods like we just went through the prosperity period. Then you go to period of grace. As long as you preach, just hell and damnation. It goes through ways of stuff. Out the same book. depending on what you want to focus on. But those three questions are critical. To those who are not rooted in a faith and in a belief, they have to go through the process of asking themselves those three questions, creator or poop theory. When I leave this body, what happens? You may not exactly know, but if it's the good place or the bad place, then what do I do? Even if it's reincarnation, what do I do? What do I do to get to the good place? Even reincarnation got a good place and a bad place. It basically says you come back based on what you done done and you can come back in some hellish situations. So what do I do and what are my answers to these three questions? These are the questions that people who are not rooted in Christ must answer. What do I do? Creator or poop theory? What happens when I die and how do I get to the good place? I thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. You can go to brothersoftheword.com and send this sermon to anyone you feel who needs it. You can also go to brothersoftheword.com. Listen to the two sermons that I recommend that you listen to, workbook or creation or evolution. They will enlighten you on a lot of different things. Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. I'm going to ask my son, George, to come up and close out. This is one of those heavy-duty academic, almost debate topics. He's a champion debater, so he may have some insights on this, because he has to sometimes deal with students on that upper academic level. And those three questions he may have another level of insight on.
1: Actually, whenever I was listening, I wasn't really looking for agreement or answers, but similar to a debate, I was actually trying to play devil's advocate. I was in my notes listening to everything, but since it was primarily questions asked, I didn't have something specific to pin to. (laughs) So basically every claim, I came with an alternative. So I mean, firstly, we had one could say an either or fallacy. In the sense of intelligent creator versus poop theory. If you mention an intelligent creator, say to an atheist, as the sole alternative, many times what you'll hear is, even if the universe had a creator, it doesn't have to be intelligent. It could quite literally be anything. It could be some random force that led to the establishment of things. It could be a simulation. It could literally be anything. Of course, food theory was mentioned, so I have to have a refutation to that too. It's something rather recent. There was a James Webb telescope, $10 billion, most expensive telescope that was sent into space, but it had some interesting findings. And it sent many into, excuse my wording, it sent many in the scientific community into a frenzy because the pictures actually led to beliefs that maybe the Big Bang wasn't even possible. I'm not going to dive into that, I'm not really well versed into it, but you could further do research. James Webb Telescope, it may not even be a possible option. Continuing on, he mentioned probability, and that's a great point assuming an individual doesn't believe in the multiverse. Why do I say this? Because if an individual believes in the multiverse, they believe that there's an infinite amount of universes. That means that no matter how small the probability is, we are all but guaranteed to hit it at some point, and we could just be the lucky winners. Now, of course, you would have to make a case for even the probability of the multiverse, but that is an option. The second question was, is this life all? And it's a valid question and even stating that we live differently if there is no afterlife. One could then make a case that afterlife was thus invented because of that. Whenever individuals think that this is all, they then fear mortality. They want to get as far away from the idea of death and the end as possible. So invent something. Individuals may live a hedonistic life regardless. Because, I mean, let's be honest with you. People will live how they want to live regardless of if they think there's an afterlife or not. Simply put, reincarnation, I mean, there wasn't really much reasoning given. I mean, it was briefly mentioned that perhaps there's verses in the Bible. I mean, to be quite frank, I don't see them. I mean, individuals can make a case for perhaps the prophet Isaiah and John the Baptist saying that John the Baptist was like Isaiah, pointing to that scripture. But it wasn't referring to Isaiah coming back. For starters, Isaiah, if I'm remembering correctly, never died. He went up to heaven. And when saying that it was like John the Baptist, it was referring to the spirit of Isaiah being expressed in John the Baptist. Made more clear when later on, Isaiah appeared before Jesus. So we know that he didn't take up the identity of John the Baptist. Overall, reincarnation, biblically, is not quite there. And there weren't other reasons given that I could further respond to. Overall... The biggest issue is that lack of proof. If you can't really give the reasoning, it becomes a God of the blanks fallacy. A God of the blanks fallacy is saying, you can't answer this, but if we say that God did it, we have an answer. That's a fallacy because it's not actually a good reason. Again, it could be anyone. Overall, this is just an alternate perspective. I always suggest to people to be as skeptical as you are against your most hated opinion to everything. Many times, what we'll do is put things up to impossible standards of proof because we just don't like it. And in that thing that we do like, that makes us feel good and provides us with some comfort, we'll just let every little thing pass through. The impossibilities, the contradictions, we'll just ignore them. We see it in Mormonism. You could tell them about the the fallacies and the book of Abraham. And they'll say, we know. And continue on anyways. So be as skeptical as you are against your most hated view of quite literally everything. All right. Shall we close out with prayer, please? Bow your heads. (laughs) Lord God, hallowed be thy name. I thank you for everyone that came out today. Everyone that's listening online no matter the time. And Father God, I just pray that you open our eyes, our hearts, and our ears. You'll be able to receive the things that we don't even agree with. Because Father God, many times it's just tradition. It's some experience that we've been with for so long in our lives that we're not comfortable turning away from it or even considering that it's wrong. But Father God, I pray that with every day, every step of our lives, we're open change. I pray that the spirit of truth will flow through us and flow through the body that we're open to truth. Father God, may we not be led by our hearts, but led by you and led by your word. Father God, may we not say, it's just because God said so, but give reason. Don't get me wrong, that's a good reason, but we have to at least know, how do we know that it's really God? So Father God, I pray that every day, with every bit of information, that we will look through it with a critical lens for truth. May you be glorified, lifted high, and may the body move in truth. We pray this prayer through the precious and the mighty name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and our Savior, and in the spirit of truth. Amen. You are listening to brothers of the word.com. This was the message titled Three Questions by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number five nine six five. That's five nine six five. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number five nine six five to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com.
0: If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's iwanttogive.com.
1: Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because brother, you need the word. I'm you